Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. It's a Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage.
Thursday edition of the Houston Reporter Pat Dennison continues after this here on the Big X. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's one lesson for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. What's one for Coach? You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the show. Rick Bozich of WDRB. Uh, yeah, I think we will, um, primarily because the cost of making a change is probably more than Indiana is able or has the will uh, to pay. I mean, I think we need to buy up for $20 million until December, whatever it is, or 2024. Southern Indiana's team sports but All right, we're back on this Thursday program. Sorry, we're having some
folks at WDRB joining us here on this Thursday program, uh, talking Tom Allen IU football to begin. The rest of the way for the Hoosiers, they have number two Michigan this weekend, so I don't think fans are hopeful that Indiana's going to have a chance to win or really be that competitive. But what is the turnaround with the new offensive coordinator after a bye week, maybe some adjustments with different players and starters? What does success look like or at least a sign that there's hope for IU football the rest of the way? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think you really can't see much until next week. They play Rutgers at home next week. I mean, they have to move the ball and beat Rutgers. I mean, it, it, that's where, where the biggest issue I have with Indiana football is not being able to beat Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. That's been a problem at IU football for as long as I can remember. Uh, but not being competitive and not being able to beat Maryland and Rutgers in back-to-back seasons, that's kind of a bridge too far. I mean, Indiana should be able, at least to be able to punch at that rate. Um, I'm not sure how much Rob Carey, the new offensive coordinator, can change <laughs> in two weeks. Um, but, you know, they haven't been able to run the ball, really, for several years uh, since Stevie Scott left. Uh, offensive line hasn't functioned. They haven't had the high-quality backs. Uh, and, and this year, what's been more concerning is it's, not, it's like they really aren't even convinced themselves of what their identity is. I mean, there have been times uh, Caden Jackson's looked like a guy with a cast of all. There have been times they look like they want to be a, an action attack. There have been times they look like they want to be a running attack. So uh, hopefully with Rob Carey, who you know, does have experience as a head coach and as an offensive coordinator, he can pick a lane and keep a minute, whether it's a question or not, I don't know. All right, we're talking with Rick Bovich of WDRB Sports. While we're on college football, let's talk about some of the other teams. And Louisville with an unbelievable, huge win for Coach Brom early in his career and just a great Saturday night crowd. Can Louisville maybe run the table, Rick? Is it possible this Louisville football team could go perfect in Coach Brom's opening season? Uh, yeah, it's perfect. I mean, it's unlikely, just as it would be unlikely for almost any team not named, you know, Georgia or uh, Ohio State or whatever. But um, if they can win this week, and I think they will, but I think this is this really is sort of a, a dangerous game uh, at Pittsburgh because all week long, Louisville has been hearing how great they are, and as much as Jeff Brown, you know, is aware of that and trying to coach against that human nature to sort of, um, let down a little bit, and Pitt is a desperate team with four losses. They have to win this game if they really want to become a bowl-eligible team this year. Uh, but if they beat them, then they've got three straight home games. Uh, Duke uh, would be the first one after a bye week. We don't know the status of Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard. He got a significant high ankle sprain uh, when they played Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. Uh, and then they got the two Virginia teams, who are two of the worst teams in the ACC at home. The Blackburns are 10-0, and then you go to Miami, you know, that, that'll be a tough game on the road, and then you got Kentucky at home. So I, I don't anticipate them going 12-0 and because every team has a game where, you know, they make a few costly turnovers or somebody gets hurt or you just don't play your potential. But uh, it, it's not – it wouldn't be an outrageous thing to happen. I know you were there Saturday night, but hard to believe Cardinal Stadium rocking – Notre Dame in town, obviously a big recruiting opportunity for the Cardinals as well. Uh, is that one of the bigger wins in Louisville football history? Where would you stack that one up for Brown and the Cardinals? 
We need to follow it up. And, and the way you succeed at college basketball is stacking solid recruiting classes and filling them out with some guys, you know, who are going to be three or four-year guys. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we can understand that. And I'll, I'll, I'll confess that that was my biggest question about Mike Woodson coming to IU. Would he be able to recruit because he'd never been a recruiter as an NBA coach? And uh, because of some savvy hires on his coaching staff, because of Indiana's commitment to NIL and because of Mike Whitson's personality and experience and ability to relate to younger guys with his, about his NBA ties, uh, he's shown that he can do it. Talking with Rick Bovich, WBRB Sports. As far as the upcoming season goes, Indiana anywhere from 5th to 8th and a lot of the preseason rankings and uh, thoughts on the Big Ten Conference out there. I know we talked about this back in the summer, the last time he joined the program, but if you're listing out the Big Ten right now, where do you have the Hoosiers in advance of this season? Yeah, I'd say they can finish as high as third and probably as low as eighth or ninth. I, I, I generally agree with that. I think Purdue and Michigan State clearly deserve to be the top two because of A, the returning players they have back, B, uh, Michigan State, the talented freshman they brought in, and C, just the continuity of the program for Tom Izzo and Matt Taylor have built. But after that, I mean, Indiana should be able to compete with anybody. And it, it's really hard for me to project where they're going to finish because I'm not really seeing Kalel there. I don't know um, how good he's going to be. He's been injured. I know during the fall camp, so I'm still to be able to step back. I, I know McKenzie Ambako is very talented, but he's still just a freshman. My biggest question about IU into the season is going to be two things. One, depth at guard. Galloway and, and Johnson are, are obviously proven and experienced guys, but behind them, C.J. Gunn and Gabe Cups uh, are going to have to develop, and we don't, uh, it doesn't appear to me like Ja'Kai Newton's going to be able to play. And the second question will be, um, do they have some guys who can make three-point shots? Because this year, without Trace Jackson Davis, they don't have uh, a post player that you can say every night he's going to give you 16 points and nine rebounds and four blocks. Uh, so where are those points going to come from? And they're probably going to have to have some guys to shoot the ball. And uh, it's been a while since we've seen Indiana have guys that can shoot the ball, probably since, you know, Yogi Ferrell and James Blackman and Robert Johnson are together. Rick Bogus, WBRB Sports. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Indiana-Kentucky, that historic series, that rivalry series is coming back. Uh, a lot of people thrilled it's back. Uh, some IU fans especially a little disappointed only one of the four games is going to be played at Assembly Hall, while two of the four will be played at Rupp Arena in Lexington. What's your thoughts on the return of the series, and what's your thoughts on the deal with Indiana getting just the one home game? Well, I'm, I'm excited for coming back. Um, it's a tremendous rivalry with a bunch of history. It's obvious how much people care about it, at least on our youth side, because of the fact that they are angry about the breakdown of the games. It matters to them. Um, I wish it would have never gone away. I've been to, covered a lot of them uh, through the years, and some of them are memorable games that I could talk about you know, still to this day. Um, I understand the way that IU fans are upset or the way it broke down, and the Kentucky gets two home games in the August one, and the game is Sunday out at the very last one, which many people are predicting that John Carroll probably won't even be there. Uh, but Mike Wilson said it best up in Minneapolis at Big Ten Media Day is that's the only way you could get it done. And so, you know, in an age of people always wanting to have bragging rights uh, about different things, I give Mike Wilson credit for sports 
be it, that's what I'll do. And, well, perhaps in, when the final game is played in December 2028 and we negotiate the next one, Indiana will be in more of a position of strength and say we're not doing it that way again. Uh, Rick, while we've got you, thoughts on, let's just go through the locals, Louisville, Kenny Payne, year two, uh, very much a struggle last year. I know there's been some off-season questions as well. What What's your thoughts on Louisville? Will this be a lot better than last year? Is there still a lot of unknown on Kenny Payne and this team in his second season? Yeah, I was downtown last night for the Red White game in Washington. I, I liked what I saw. They're definitely more talented. Uh, they're deeper. They've got different kinds of pieces. They've got a small forward in, in Trey Wright who Average nearly 10 points a game last year. USC is a freshman who can, you know, attack and, and score. Sky Clark uh, is a very good point guard. He's different than Al Ellis because he plays more under control. He's probably not as quick and as explosive, but he's, he's not as reckless either. And you got Dennis Evans, a big kid who's 7-1, who, if they can get a little bit more bulk on him, uh, can be a bit of a difference maker because he's a really good shot blocker. Um, it's hard for me to say. I, I'd say a reasonable goal for Louisville this year would be a, be a 500 team. Um, and and that's, I think they've got a chance to do that. Um, but we'll see. They, they've got an interesting schedule. In the, you know, in the ACC, five of their first seven conference games are on the road, and four of them are against uh, pretty good teams. So that's going to be a tough way for them to start the league. The end of the schedule is very favorable. In fact, they play the, the last three games at home. Uh, so if they can survive that early tough part of the ACC schedule, um, then I'll keep my eye on them. And, um, I was also encouraged last night for a red-white game. They had uh, almost 6,000 people there to watch it. And considering the amount of you know, rumbling I've heard about you know, Louisville basketball, it was, uh, it was encouraging to see that many people are still on board. Yeah, definitely. And Kentucky, Coach Cal, where do the, where do the uh, Wildcats stand this season? You know, most people think they're the second-best team in the SEC behind uh, Tennessee. Um, they're probably a – I don't think Cal's had a team yet that wasn't in the top ten to start the season, but this could be – this looks like it's going to be uh, the first one. In a lot of the preseason magazines and polls I've looked at, they're generally in the 12 to 18 range. Um, the unknown with them is they have the Croatian kid who is now being enrolled in school, and I'm not sure if it's official he'll be able to play or not. He's such a mystery. I, I, I'm sure he's a talented player. I don't know how he fits into what they're trying to do, but they've got really good freshmen. They've got two veteran guys uh, in, in Reeves and Mitchell, the kid who transferred from West Virginia. But they're two big men on the roster, Bradshaw and the other guy who was a freshman last year who I don't want to mispronounce his name, but they're both dealing with foot injuries, and their availability is uncertain. So I think Kentucky would be, you know, in that, I, I would still be in that, you know, 11 to 17 range this year, and if the freshmen are as good as advertised, could be a little bit better, and if they're not, it could be a struggle that they've been the last few years for Kentucky. Rick Bozich, WDRV. Rick, one of our other favorite topics to talk about when we have you on the show every few months is Romeo Langford, who's with the Jazz. I think they've played one or two preseason games, and I've seen listed as a DNP coach's decision. Any thoughts on Romeo as far as the opportunity he could get or what he needs to do in this one-year opportunity with the Jazz, or is this going to be a lot of G League action, you think, for him this season? Yeah, I'm like you. I didn't check the second game. I was going over in Hawaii, and they played 
were training in Hawaii in the Clippers are too. The first game they played, and I probably didn't get in. He was listed way at the bottom of the box score. So not a good sign when you're not getting an exhibition game. So my guess is that the G League is going to be his fate this season, and that just means he's going to have to be mentally tough and grind his way through it and perform. Uh, the good thing about being in the G League is if you do perform, um, you're, there's you know, 31 or 30, 29 other NBA teams who can, you know, so I love that dude. So it's unfortunate that that's where he's going, but um, I don't think there's any other way around it. It's just, you know, it's just he, hasn't, he really hasn't delivered the way he needs to deliver as a first-round draft choice, and I, I'm not sure. Totally, I mean, shooting the ball is the issue. People just don't think he's a good enough shooter to play at the position he plays uh, to have him on the floor because I think he has become a, a reasonably good defender, but it's going to be on him now. It's like it, whatever he gets from this point forward will be, will be something he earns. It uh, won't be anything given to him. Yeah, no question. Rick Bozich, WBRB. Rick, keep up the great work. Uh, appreciate all you do, and thanks for coming on from time to time, especially when Alex is uh, on vacation. Yeah, he's found in the sunshine and I'm here breaking leaves, so <laughs> who knows what's going on. All right, thanks, Matt. with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill me be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports with us in the last segment. He's good.